listening to Phanalysis, a sci-fi and fantasy TV podcast. In this episode, we are talking about Lena Luthor in Supergirl, episode 220, City of Lost Children. Lena Luthor and Supercorp slash Bezzy Mates slash Flower Friends slash <laughs> Carlina. My name is Chris. And my name is Stephanie. And oh my goodness, Chris, I have so many feelings. <laughs> really? It was so hard to tell. <laughs> I have so many feelings about Kara and Lena going on their first on-screen date, because clearly they're dating, right? <laughs> they are very, just like, blatantly dating. Thank you! I feel like our listeners should know that uh, I kind of thought you might explode today, <laughs> because <laughs> I, if you don't know, Stephanie and I work together, and... Uh, Normally, there's a fair amount of conversation, large parts of it, about Lena Luther. Today, she was like, I'm not going to say anything about Lena. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to save it for the podcast. I thought you were going to explode. <laughs> it was very difficult at times. There was a lot of heavy sighing from my side of the office, I'm sure. There was. Also, I thought you might hit me at one point. <laughs> Why did you have to bring it up? <laughs> Anyway, let's get back to the on-screen date, Chris. I have so many feelings. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I was just amused and thought the audience might be amused also. Yeah, they were blatantly dating and uh, getting to know one another uh -huh. and their feelings about NSYNC. Uh, do you know what their favorite NSYNC song is, Chris? Tell me. Tell me, Stephanie. Uh, uh, clearly, it's bye, 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 bye. <laughs> really? Yeah. Why? Because it implies they're bisexual, Chris. Come on, get the joke. <laughs> <laughs> but they're very clearly not saying bye-bye-bye to one another. No, but it's... Oh. <laughs> she's... I just joke-sniped you. She's, she, you totally just joke-sniped sniped me. Sniped. I can't talk. <laughs> ah, you messed up my because joke, Because of all Chris. the feelings? <laughs> Is it just me, or... Do you associate NSYNC with being, like, pretty queer? Is that just me? Or is that you too? I haven't thought about it, apparently. Okay. It might just be me, because I, I associate it very strongly with my cousin, who came out when she was a teenager, and we I would, like, go and hang out with her during the summers down in Austin, and... There was this this uh, woman who hung out at sort of like the gay coffee house and the gay bars and things like that, who looked an awful lot like Lance Bass. And my cousin refer and her friends referred to her as the Lancebian. So maybe maybe that's why I get to have a lot of queer association with NSYNC. It also felt like for a time in the in the mid two thousands, there were a lot of 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 gay women who were kind of emulating Justin Timberlake at the time, but. My point being, that was a super queer date that they were on, and it was clearly a date. <laughs> what, was that your point? <laughs> I got I got real lost there for a second. <laughs> and it was going super well. Did you see how into each other they were, Chris? Yes. Lena was giving Kara those hand signals of some kind, but they were suggestive. <laughs> They were something else, the hand signals. There was, like, flattening out of hands and pointing of fingers, and they they were... My head was going places, and... <laughs> Lena was like, look at my hands, Kara. Look at my hands. Do you see what I'm trying to tell you with my hands? Look at my hands. 
Oh, dear. I also want to shout out to Sango on Tumblr, who pointed out the fact that it seems as though Lena, her top, was more unbuttoned when she was having lunch with Kara than when she was having dinner with Rhea. So, you know, she might have, like, undone a little button or two to make herself look even more attractive for Kara. Well, you know, one's her girlfriend and one's her surrogate mom, so not to ruin it for anybody, sorry. (laughs) But she was wearing blue again. Lena was wearing blue again. I was very delighted about that. She looks so nice in blue. Indeed, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lena said that Kara was worth the extra effort, Chris. I know, I was there. And she was. She was worth the extra effort. And they were just so effing flirty with each other. It's just, how are we supposed to think they're not dating? I don't understand. I have no idea. Plus, there was, like, the music. Mm-hmm. Like, does this does this feel vaguely romantic to anybody else? Like, <laughs> it's not just in our heads. It's really not. And I loved how Kara grilling Lena for you know some information she might use for Catco involved basically her being adorable, and Lena was immediately flustered and gave up a little information. I mean, how can they even pretend that they're not dating? They're clearly dating. <laughs> And there was, like, a nice squeezy hug at the end there. Mm-hmm. And how happy did Kara look when Lena was walking away? Like, so happy. And also, like, what kind of lingering look was that? I don't know. I don't know. She was, like, staring fondly at her as she walked away. Yes. Fond stare and, like, this this happy sigh. This is, this is, this is, no offense, Chris, I like you a lot. That is not how I react when you walk away from me. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you react with relief. <laughs> Thank God she's gone. <laughs> but no, like, also, it seems like, did Kara check her out a little bit? It looked like she might have. I, uh, yes, I, I think so. I think so. Her eyes also were downward shifty while they were talking. Again, the 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 top was lower cut in in that scene. <laughs> and I it was more subtle this time and not quite as flirty, but did you catch that Kara bit her lip at Lena again? Yes. <sighs> I didn't see that. I mean, ah. <laughs> It's starting to become painful. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the un the unfulfilledness of the clear the clear love between these two women. They just love each other so much, Stephanie. I know. I know. They should really just be together. They should. This is what we've been saying. <sighs> of course then there's like the disastrous thing that happens later in the episode, by which I mean Rhea. <laughs> First of all, Kara calls Lena. And, like, another woman picks up her phone. (laughs) (laughs) So already alarm bells going off in Kara's head, I assume. And then, of course, Kara goes into protective girlfriend mode and uh, is like, you know, you better not have done anything to Lena, Rhea, you terrible person. That's an exact quote, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like Rhea might have been like, huh, this is a kind of on the same level of concern as you showed for my son, who you're supposedly dating a few weeks ago. Noted. <laughs> I guess my thought is, like, I'm a little surprised that 
Kara didn't just immediately zoom over there. Mm-hmm. Of course, I guess she didn't know where they were, right? Yeah, that was the whole thing, because they were tracing the call, and so she was keeping her on the line so they could figure out where they were. If it was fanfic, she would have just listened for her heartbeat. Yes. And found her immediately. Yes, it is true. So I appreciated that Kara snapped into protective girlfriend mode, but you know something that felt a little off for me? And maybe I just missed it in all the kerfuffle, but when poor Lena gets clobbered by a shelf and she falls to the ground- Nobody cares. Unconscious. Kara didn't go try to check on her. I know there were other things going on, but I, that felt a little off for me. I feel like Kara would have been like, Lena, at least, and, and tried to see if she was okay. I know, right? Mm-hmm. What was with that? Like, nobody, nobody seemed to care. I know. Poor precious Lena. I mean, maybe Kara thought that Jean could take care of her when after Kara left to go deal with the big Stargate thing, but I just, it felt a little off to me that Kara did not go check on her girlfriend when she was knocked out by a shelf. I agree. Because it's inconsistent with everything we have seen up to this point. Before, it's like, Lena, I heard you might have had a paper cut. Are you okay? You know? (laughs) (laughs) A mosquito bite? No, 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 no. That will not stand. (laughs) You stubbed your toe? Are you okay? (laughs) Do I need to destroy that coffee table? (laughs) So that felt a little off to me, but I, I just, I think the solution is Kara owes her lots of snuggles when, when she gets her back. That is the solution to everything, yes. Mm-hmm. And Lena's going to need lots of snuggles because she keeps trusting these manipulative women and, ah! Except for Kara. <laughs> it's true. She does trust Kara and Kara's not manipulative. I, it took me a second to realize what you were saying. That is what you're saying, correct? <laughs> Yes. Okay, thank you. Because <laughs> the comment was trusting all the people she shouldn't. And so I'm saying, except for Kara. Okay. She yeah. She should trust Kara. She should trust Kara. But I just... Kara is worthy. I was hoping at the end of last week's episode that Lena was trying to, you know, pull a fast one on Rhea and pretending to trust her while really she still had her guard up. But this week certainly did not seem to communicate that. So if that is in fact the case, boy, Lena, you got me. Because did you... You really seemed fond of Rhea and and such in this episode. So I dislike you even more now, Rhea, for crushing our poor, precious Lena. Yeah, see, I never thought that Lena was, like, playing along with anything. I Well, it's not that I thought it. I was hoping. Okay. Yeah. It's like, poor Lena is so starved for motherly affection that she just played right into the trap. And I think we need to reiterate, you know who is, so far anyway, the only good mother figure on this show regularly? Eliza Danvers. Mm-hmm. Which is yep. why she and Kara need to date and likely get married so that Eliza can be her mother-in-law. Yeah. Just just marry right into that family. It's the best solution. I agree. I agree. So aside from the fantastic date that Kara and Lena had, what did you think of the other stuff Lena was doing in this episode? Poor Lena. Yeah. She's working so hard to save the world, and uh, it's not going great for her. No, it, it really it really is not. Even though I'm mad at Rhea. I did actually like the scenes between Lena and Rhea in this episode. Mm-hmm. I do like the, the dynamic between Terry Hatcher and Katie McGrath. It's, it's good. And while, of course, I mean, I like Supergirl, don't get me wrong, their writing is not subtle. So, you know, it's not that the scene was particularly subtly written or anything, but I I did like the the exchange that they had about confronting a problem with power versus confronting a problem with balance. 
Mm-hmm. But then at the end of the episode, I pointed my finger at Rhea and said, You should have taken your own advice, lady, because if this isn't a power play, I don't know what is. Well, she and her son are the worst, so. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not going to talk about that. No, this is a happy place, Chris. This is a happy place full of <laughs> Lena Luther and Cara Danvers' love. <sighs> If you're a fan of the TV show Orphan Black, you might want to check out our other podcast called Tatiana Is Everyone. In our most recent episode, we are talking about the Orphan Black comic book series Helsinki. You can find that at our website, tatianaiseveryone.com slash 112, or on your preferred podcast app. And I'm very concerned about Lena because she was she was beamed up at the end of the episode. And I that does not bode well, I don't think. Yeah, probably not. I have Except, not seen the promo. You know, so. now she's the damsel in distress again. So Kara's <sighs> just going to have to, like, come get her and bridal, sti- bridal style carry her out of there. But I, I want her to save herself, too. I mean, don't get me wrong. Bridal carry out of whatever situation. I'm for that. But I, I want Lena to save herself, too. She doesn't have to Mm -hmm. be a damsel in distress. Well, no. I mean, but like Lois Lane style, where she kind of like halfway saves herself, and then maybe like the super will show up for the ride home. Okay. So like, that's true, because if she's up on a spaceship, it's going to be hard for her to get back down. It'd be nice to have some help with that. Right? Yeah. So Kara can help with the getting back down from the spaceship part. Or maybe Kara will also show up to, like, come get her, and maybe they'll save each other. Aw, that would be nice. Wouldn't it? And they hold each other's arms and look at each other meaningfully. Did you see the meaningful looks on the date? Like, the eye contact between those two, Chris? Just all the time. All the time! I know. (sighs) Can I ask you a question about the date scene and and when it started, the, the first lines of the date scene are Kara saying something to the effect of, like, don't get me wrong, I love him. I love him. But did you have a sinking feeling in the pit of your stomach that she was talking about the man-child whom she is supposedly dating? I did cringe a little bit until she said JT. Do you think that was purposeful on the writer's part? I don't even know anymore. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either. But it, it did kind of feel... To me, at least, that the date scene was a bit of the writers kind of being like, we see you, Supercorp shippers, we see ya. But I just, I don't know what exactly all to read into the whole, the way that that scene started, if anything. Yeah, I don't know. And her OTP reference, that also (laughs) felt a bit like a, we see you, Supercorp shippers. I do think that was a bit pointed, yes. Yeah. Because, like, the in the sync reference, you know, Kara has mentioned in sync before. So, like, that's that's canon mm-hmm. that Kara's really into in sync. And I guess it makes sense because Lita's supposed to be about the same age as Kara. So, so it makes sense if they're about the same age, they would both have opinions about in sync. Mm-hmm. But the OTP reference, it did feel on the nose. Yes. Although, you know, I think. Most of us have probably saved a gif of that already by by now, right? Of, oh, my OTP. Don't get me wrong, it was useful, and and I kind of say thank you. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, 
but ah, I just I, I worry about them crossing a line because honestly, at this point, me personally, like I don't mind that they they cast some actors and they happen to have a kind of a romantic sexual chemistry thing going on by accident. That's fine, you know. That stuff kind of happens. But if they get too wink-wink, nudge-nudge about it, like, uh, if you're not going to actually have them date, you need to stop. Yeah. And it hasn't gotten to that point for me yet, but I just, I don't want them to cross that line if they're not actually going to get them together as a couple. I agree. Yeah. But on that note, I feel like that transitions us into reading some feedback we got from Laura. Do you want to read that, Chris? Sure. Laura says, when the clumsy goons knocked Lena off her office balcony, surely it must have caused a major stress reaction, heart racing, and faster breathing, which would not have stopped the instant that Supergirl caught her. Now consider the number of times Lena has been in close proximity to Kara, especially the couch cuddling in episode 218. My observation, shouldn't Supergirl and Kara smell the same? I guess I would say to this, I guess so, but at the same time... Unless Lena's super observant about smells, I don't know that she would connect the dots. Also, I mean, if you're in that kind of stress situation, is that the thing you're paying attention to? Right, exactly. I just fell off a building. I think Ooh, she smells like, good. Oh my god, I almost died. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, for example, Chris, like we're around each other a lot. I know that I've commented like, "Oh, your detergent smells nice," or something like that. But I don't think if I smelled your detergent just somewhere else unconnected to you i would think oh they smell like chris because i off the top of my head i can't recall it so Mm -hmm. it's not a bad point laura that you're making but i do feel like it's not a giveaway so much if they do smell similarly yeah not necessarily unless they were just a really unique fragrance but i i just that doesn't really seem like Kara's style maybe Kara deliberately washes the super suit with a different detergent (laughs) than her regular clothes (laughs) to throw people off Uh uh-huh Headcanon. <laughs> Laura also says, I saw on Twitter the theory that Melissa Benoist refrained from the forehead kiss so that it would not be cut from the scene. I'm sure the cast is aware of the lesbian viewership that watch for Alex and Maggie. I believe the actors and possibly the writers are playing up the subtext for the benefit of those fans. Not in a malicious way, but as a reward for surviving the, quote, barrier gaze, end quote, 2016 bloodbath. It was bad. It was really, really bad. It was real bad. One thing I have noticed is that cisgendered people often are so caught up in the heteronormative relationships that they don't see the subtext, which is like gay Easter eggs. Okay, I feel like this is a good point to mention our coworker, which we've been meaning to do for a while. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we have a coworker whom we will not name, who <laughs> watches Supergirl and enjoys it. And and she's probably one of the most heteronormative, heterosexual people I've ever met. <laughs> I love her, but it's true. But <laughs> she's, just, she's very into, like, gender norms, too. Exactly. This is somebody who, back in the beginning of the season, did not see Alex and Maggie getting together coming. I mean, we were like, really? They were holding hands in the last episode there and she was like yeah they're such great friends (laughs) (laughs) something like that yes to which we were just flummoxed by that was the the conclusion she was coming to okay dumbfounded (laughs) so 
That is how she saw the whole Alex and Maggie storyline. And yet she regularly comments on how flirty Lena is with Kara and vice versa. Even our co-worker who didn't see Alex and Maggie coming can see this. So the subtext is is not that subtexty, if that's what they're going for. <laughs> it's it's not very sub. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of just text. It's kind of just text now, I think. I mean, granted, it it fully depends on how you look at it. But yeah, I mean, so Stephanie will will occasionally group text us the the gif of Lena showing up at Catco to talk to Kara, and uh, I think one day she showed up. Then after that, and she was like, "Stephanie, are you flirting with me?" <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, she sees it too. Yeah, didn't see Alex and Maggie. Sees this. Just saying. Mm-hmm. We also got some feedback from Debra, who's from Austin. Hi, Debra. We're in the Dallas area. Hi. And she had some comments about both Ace Reporter and last week's episode, Alex. So uh, in regards to Ace Reporter, Debra said, like, I'm totally shipping Supercorp, but my wife, not so much until this episode. We spent the entire episode mouthing so gay over the kids' heads after I told her that y'all are doing special Lena episodes on the subtext. And she said, yeah, that's not subtext anymore. So they are totally girlfriends there. They are. They're totally girlfriends. <laughs> the question is, do they realize they're dating? I'm not sure they do. I don't think they do. I feel like there's going to have to be an intervention when probably Maggie is going to look at them and just be like, y'all are dating, right? <laughs> I'm now imagining Maggie saying y'all. Well, she wouldn't say y'all. You're correct. <laughs> <laughs> In regards to Alex, Deborah said, Lena is such a good girlfriend. She asks what is wrong and are you okay and takes the brush off and calls back. I feel bad that she's getting played, but we'll see where that goes. I did totally like the not-dudes-talking level of this episode. Much women power and emoting, and the Lena and Rhea scenes were very good and pretty. Speaking of, Rhea looked really good in this episode, I thought. They had some good outfits on Terry Hatcher here. Much more flattering than the uh, Daxamite queen look. Yeah, that's not so That's not so great of a look for probably anybody. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know that anybody would have really pulled off that uh, kind of bizarre situation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't even know what to call it. <laughs> There's like a weird chest plate anyway. <laughs> there, yes. What is with the chest plate? That is just... It's it's all weird and asymmetrical. Yeah. And, and molded because, you know, not flat chested. And it's just bizarre. It's bizarre. I usually yeah. like the costuming on this show, but I, I'm not a fan of Rhea's queen outfit. But thank you so much to Laura and Deborah who send in that feedback. Please, you can send us your Supercorp slash Lena related feelings. So many feelings. I have so many feelings, Chris. Which is why I really want people to send us voice messages about this, because I think it would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, you can send us your feedback in a variety of ways. You can email us, feedback at askgenretv.com, but we would really love to receive voice messages so you can share the intensity of your feelings. You can Exactly. <laughs> you can call our listener voicemail line at 972-514-7223, or you can record a voice memo on your smartphone and email it to us. And we're on Twitter at AskGenreTV. Finalysis is part of the Ask Genre TV family of podcasts. You can find our other podcasts about Lost Girl and Orphan Black and Killjoys and some other stuff all over at AskGenreTV.com. 
Thanks for listening. Nina.